0: Hello, and welcome to the Business Creators Radio Show. I'm your host, Adam Homme, and we are so happy to have you with us today. The Business Creators Radio Show is for you if you fall into one of four categories. The first category are entrepreneurs, small business owners, and local business owners. The second category are marketing and business coaches. The third category are those of you who help others build their businesses, what I like to call the business creators. This includes web designers, graphic designers, social media managers, online business managers, virtual assistants, media and publicity experts, and anybody who helps others succeed at the game of marketing. And then the fourth category are the do-it-yourselfers who run your own businesses and love to have your own hands on the lever when it comes to managing your online marketing. If you are one or more of the above, please take a moment, explore our episodes, and discover how our experts – can help you win at business and marketing at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also, be sure to check out our podcast on iTunes. Do a search for Business Creators Radio Show. You'll see all of our previous episodes. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us spread the message. Today, I'm especially honored to have somebody with us who's not only a client of mine going back almost eight years, but a really good friend and somebody who has inspired me and been a mentor, a guide, and an inspiration for me for all these years, Dan Janelle, founder of PR Leads. Dan, how are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks a lot. It's great to be here. Thanks for asking me to be here. You bet. You bet. And today's topic is going to be called Become the King or Queen of Continuous Income. And as Dan likes to say, Ben Franklin had it wrong. Compound interest isn't the best thing on earth. Continuous income is. So Dan who is the king of continuous income, and has been called an online marketing expert by the Los Angeles Times, joins us to show you how you can create a business model that brings cash to your bank account on a continuous basis. And just to tell you a little bit about Dan, Dan Janelle is considered to be one of the founding fathers of internet marketing and publicity. He wrote one of the first books on internet marketing way back in 1994. He taught the first internet marketing class at Berkeley, and also taught internet branding at Stanford. These days, he focuses on helping clients build their brands so they can sell more products and services. In addition, USA Today called Dan Janelle a true cyberspace pioneer. Through his coaching consulting services, his clients have been featured in nearly every major newspaper and magazine, including the New York Times, Forbes, Fox Business, and the Wall Street Journal. He's the author of eight books, including just in 2013, he published two, Reporters Are Looking for You and Internet Marketing Confidential. Right now, Dan lives on one of Minnesota's 10,000 lakes with his wife and two cats. And for more information on his services at any time, you can go to his aggregator website at prleadsplus.com or check him out at janelle.com. So, Dan, you ready to dive in? Let's go for it. All right, before we do... Let's take a step back and just give our listeners a chance to get to know you a little bit. Uh, Just tell us a little bit about your background in your own words and what brought you to where you are today as an internationally recognized speaker, internet marketing consultant, and best-selling author. Just tell us in your own words so our listeners get a chance to appreciate where you're coming from.
1: Well, well, thanks, Adam. And thanks for having me on the show and reading that uh, that great bio about me. Uh, not to repeat anything in, in, in great detail, but I was there at the beginning, and not just the beginning of the, uh, the Internet industry, but the beginning of the computer industry. Uh, I had been a business editor for a newspaper and uh i realized that uh the time for newspapers were coming to an end so i went to uh, pop- uh to join a pr firm back in 1980 and that was at the dawn of the computer era so i did pr for a lot of the beginning computer companies names that are now in the trash heap or the uh, computer hall of fame companies like commodore and pro uh, you know, companies that were synonymous with words "computers" back in the early 1980s. And one thing always leads to another. I think that's an important message for every entrepreneur listening to this show, because I don't want the show to be about me. I want it to be about you. And uh, sure. the key is that one thing always leads to another. So here I was as a host on the PR and marketing forum on CompuServe, so I understood online services, and back then CompuServe and Prodigy were the the, the two biggest services, and uh, I I was on a PR uh, firm that actually did the initial work for America Online, so they were the number three service, (laughs) Uh, so uh, I had my my fingers in a lot of these, and then one day I realized that uh, the internet was coming along and I had this background in online marketing, so I just started to write this book about marketing on the internet and you have to remember back in nineteen ninety three the uh, the only people online were me and al gore and the prevailing yeah. thought... that's a joke so everyone laugh laugh okay but so the prevailing thought back then was that the internet was not about marketing was not about commerce it was just for engineers and techies and entrepreneurs and maybe people in education to share ideas with one another in fact when i taught the first class uh... At, of internet marketing at berkeley uh, someone raised their hand and said "Gee." i thought you couldn't market on the internet And, of course, we laugh at that today. You know, here it is, you know, 20-some-odd years later, and, you know, every company in the world is online. And back in 1993, Pizza Hut announced, you can buy a pizza from us online, and they were universally derided. Why would I use the Internet? I can just pick up the phone. I can fax in an order. (laughs) Now it's like, hey, here's PizzaAggregator.com, where you can get the best pizza prices from all the local pizza places in town uh, at a moment's notice notice uh, gas prices too. So the world has changed. It's been a wonderful place to be here for the last 20 odd years or so. And of course, one thing leads to another where writing the book led to speaking, speaking led to other opportunities, led to other business business ideas, led to other uh, meeting people. And we'll get more into that because one thing always leads to another. That's one of the prevailing messages that you should write down and paste over your computer that uh, there are no failures in life. They're just lessons to be learned. I mean, after all, uh, Colonel Sanders learned a thousand ways not to invent uh, fried chicken. I love saying that. Everyone says it's Thomas Edison. They're expecting the Thomas Edison story. No, Colonel Sanders. Right. <laughs> By the way, do you know how old Thomas Edison was when he invented the light bulb? 46 actually check that out online because yeah. I thought it'd be kind of cool if uh if he was old and gray like Colonel Sanders, so I could just interpose both stories so that shows you a little bit my my, my creativity i 'm not happy with the status quo. I always want to see some way of doing something new, different better, odder weirder uh more interesting er <laughs>
0: So that's a
1: little bit about me, uh, odder and more interesting-er. So (laughs) let's dive in. That I like.
0: That I like. So uh, here on the Business Creators Radio Show, Dan, as you know, because I know you've listened in on a few of our episodes, we provide tools, techniques, and strategies to help entrepreneurs quickly grow their businesses. And a lot of our listeners tell me that no matter what our guest experts are sharing with us that they pretty much have everything that they need to implement that strategy except for time and money. Now, do you see this as an issue for those who want to develop a business that can deliver continuous income? Well,
1: there's never been a better time to start a business because uh, you can get started very, very inexpensively. I mean, back 25 years ago, uh, if you wanted a computer, it was about $5,000. If you wanted five megabytes of additional uh, hard disk storage would cost about $5,000 more. It was absolutely insane. But even then, you could start a business for under $10,000. Today, you can get a computer for about $350. You can get a tablet. Well, tablets are more expensive than laptops. But for under $1,000, you can get a printer if people still print out anything
0: anymore. <laughs> uh, so maybe <laughs> all you need
1: is a computer that hooks up to the Internet. Uh, you can set, get a website set up uh, with a WordPress blog site for about 75 or or $100. Maybe you need a webmaster. Maybe you don't. Maybe you have certain skills you can do. Maybe you go to a hosting company that does those things for you. But literally now, what, what, what co- might have cost $10,000 to start a business, 20 years, years ago you could probably start your business technology wise for five hundred dollars or so today uh so it's uh if you have a full-time job and you're thinking about dipping your toe in the water it's easy to get the technology and get up to speed you can hire people uh who can do it faster for you better for you that's what i do and i think as entrepreneurs we all have to realize that yeah we can all do it ourselves we can all learn how to do it ourselves But there are times when it's just better to go direct and hire people who can get it done faster and get it right the first time. So uh, it's sort of the difference between flying direct from New York to L.A. as opposed to taking uh, a couple of puddle jumpers and uh, indirect flights that take you to Detroit and then Kansas City and then Chicago and then Phoenix. And then you you get get to L.A. and maybe you had two or three stops in the middle and you saved $100, but it cost you the whole day. And if uh, and if any uh, airport has some rain delays or weather delays, and you miss the next flight, then you're screwed. So there are times yeah. when it's better to just uh, bite the bullet, pay an expert, get it done right, get it done fast, and that'll save you time and money. So I guess those are my two tips for uh, starting a business with time and money: do it right.
0: I certainly appreciate that. And as somebody who flies around fairly frequently, I know the difference between a direct flight and uh, having to take multiple layovers is about 150 bucks and half my day back. And you just really can't appreciate that until you've flown around a good deal how much of an investment that really is. So as far as today's topic, let's start with the basics. Um, having worked with you as my client for almost eight years, what strikes me as especially awesome about your business model is how you have made money every single day for the past 13 years. And you make money whether you get on line and log on in the morning. You make money whether you even get out of bed in the morning. How does this work?
1: Well, it all comes down to the principle of recurring income. And that's the title of the talk, and that's why everyone is here. So let's just dive right into it. Uh, let's not talk about Internet for a second. Let's put this in a different perspective so you can all understand it. Uh, there are many business models that use recurring income. You might join a uh, a, a gym, and every month they charge your credit card a certain number of dollars. You might join a yoga studio, and every month they charge your card a certain number of dollars. That's recurring income. It's the subscription model, and it's been used legitimately by many businesses for, uh, I'd say, well more than 100 years. So this is no fly-by-night scheme. This is no get-rich-quick uh, uh, snake oil salesman kind of thing. Companies have been doing this for years. Now, I've been doing this for about 13 years, so I've developed some differentiation. So let's go back on the Internet and think about this. Um, there are three w- – it's like Eskimos. you know, They have 100 words for the word snow. I have three words yeah. for recurring income. There's recurring income that you have to do regardless of anything. I mean, you have to pay your rent every month. That's recurring income to your landlord or your mortgage company or your bank. Um, Trash services. You have to pay someone to take the garbage and pick it up every single month regardless. Water and sewer. You're paying those utility bills, you know, whether you have a job or whether the money's flowing in or not. So those are all examples of recurring income that you absolutely have to pay. So as you're setting up your, your business or your entrepreneurial ideas, you know, think about what kind of services people need to buy from you that they just can't exist without. Now, for me, that would probably be my shopping cart income. I'm an affiliate for oneShoppingCart.com, which is a marvelous, low-cost, full-featured shopping cart program. Many of you probably use it. Many authors, speakers, coaches, and consultants use it. There are higher-priced version, the higher price competitors. There are lower-priced competitors. They all play someplace in the marketplace so i've decided to hitch my wagon to one shopping cart because frankly, if you're in business, you need a shopping cart you're going to use it every single month where you're making ten dollars a month or ten thousand dollars a month, whether you're on vacation, whatever. When I sign a client up to use my my shopping cart, which I call my easy online store uh we'll have private labels that's why you know every reseller for one shopping cart has a different name for their for their cart, but it's all handled by one shopping cart. So whenever everyone signs up for that service, I know I pretty much have a customer for life. And what that means is that if someone is 25 years old and they're entrepreneurial and they're going to be in business for the next 40 years or so until they retire, well, I'm going to get recurring income from one shopping cart uh, company for the next 40 years. And uh, in 40 years, I'll probably be about uh, 97.
0: So... (laughs) <laughs> so
1: I'm looking to this to fund my retirement. So, again, that's the beauty of this recurring income stream. You are making money whether you're working or not. Uh, as long as your clients continue to use the service, they are, you, you are getting money, which is cool. Now, some, that's an example of, of a utility that someone has to have come hell or high water. Now, I said there are many different forms or a couple of different forms of recurring income business models. So then there's the gee, this is a service I need and I should have and I probably will use unless something bad happens to me financially. And I put that in the sure. category of say your gym membership, you know, I I pay if ten dollars a month to for my gym membership, it's not a lot. Uh and I figured, you know, some days, some months I go there a lot and some months I don't go at all. But I keep it going because it's only $10 and uh, I may want to use it uh, at, at some point. You know, hopefully I will use it more than others. But I, I know a <laughs> lot of people are shaking their heads and saying, yeah, I've been there too. But we keep it going because it's a good deal. If it were $100 a month, I don't know that I would do it if I weren't using it. But at $10 a month, you know, the motto of my fitness place is uh, where you can afford to stay fit. So it, it exactly. works for me. Exactly. So. So how does that relate to my business? Well, I have set up a service called PR Leads, and PR Leads is a service where we put reporters in touch with our clients. Our clients are speakers, authors, experts, coaches, and uh, small businesses who want to get publicity, and they need to get in touch with reporters. Reporters want to get in touch with people like my clients. They just don't know how to do it easily, so we created the service more than 13 years ago that plays matchmaker. And at the time, we were the only ones doing it. Now there are some competitors, you know, glory hallelujah, this is America. We all have competitors. Get used to it. Okay. If you have a great idea, yeah. someone's going to copy it. Someone's going to charge less for it. You're going to be mad at them. Get over it. It's part of business. It's part of life. Okay. So uh, so here's the beauty of PR leads in the recurring income stream. Someone signs up for $99 a month. They're happy. They continue. And their their credit card is charged automatically every month. Now, this is unlike the water and sewer Analogy, because as long as people are happy, they're going to use it. But uh, one month they may say, "Gee, I had a really bad month, and uh, do I spend ninety nine dollars on PR leads or do I get a pizza?" And they say, mm, "I think I'll get a pizza," and they're lost. So the analogy here, the bottom line here, is that it's good to have; it does a good service, but it's not absolutely necessary. And uh, if you can. Keep it going. It's great. Uh, but if there's some problem along the way, then people bomb out. And I think that's something we need to discuss in terms of all these membership sites that I'm sure you're being bombarded with or have attended seminars yeah. about. We're like, oh, gee, it would be great to join this membership group. And if you get two clients a month and two more clients a month and two clients every month at $37, you'll you know, work out the numbers. And they're trying to make it sound like you get rich, Queen. The only thing is, it's not essential. And at some point, people are going to say, you know, it was really great the first month. I learned a lot. There's a lot of great content there. And the second month, I probably went there about half as many times. And the third month, I probably went there about a tenth of the times. And the fourth month, I didn't use it. The fifth month, I didn't use it. And by the sixth month, most people bomb out of membership sites. So it's, it's just an example. Hey, it's a... It's something you just need to realize. It's a churn business. You constantly have to get new clients in there. They're going to stay for three to four to six months. You better do something to incentivize them to stay after six months, and then you may have a customer for life. Or it may just be that you have a six-month program, and, you know, that's just the way life is. Uh, With PR leads, I've been in business for more than 13 years. I've had, as Adam said, money coming in every single day for 13 years, some people have been with me for 10 or 12 years. Uh, some pe- no one's been with me the entire ride. I wish that were not the case. But, no, you're not getting married here, folks. <laughs> you know, people are going to leave your service at some time. Some people come for one month and they say, this isn't for me. I, what do you mean? I actually have to work. I have to actually respond to reporters. You know, um, I thought the world was going to come to me on a shoestring. Well, if you have those right. clients, forget it. You're never going to make them happy. Then you have other clients who say, hey, this is a good value. This is good. And I'll keep it going, and some months are better than others. And I've had clients literally for 8, 10, 12 years every single month, or they are renewing every single year and paying for the entire year in advance. So uh, that's that's really cool. So that's an example of a utility or a recurring program that is good to have, but people could cut it off. So I think those are really the, the two basic Ways of looking at uh, recurring income, as far as not, uh, let's just leave it at that. Those are those are two big ways. The third way of looking at recurring income is your clients that you can depend on. For example, in my press release writing and distribution service, I send out, I write and send out maybe thirty to fifty press releases a month. It varies based on you know my clients, and I'm not locked locked into them. They're not locked into me. This is totally. Driven by their own needs So some people may come to me once every three months One person may come to me every other month I may not hear from one person for six months I never know But somehow I have at least 30 people each month Who come back to me on a We've used you before basis, and we need to use you again, which is great, and that's how most people build their businesses. I don't really call this recurring income, but in some regard it is. Uh, when I think of recurring income, I think of you're locked into these people um either by contract or by recurring income, or you know you're charging a card every month but many uh many people on the call and many people's businesses are the you know I'll use you when I need you variety. So it 's sort of like your barber, you know you may have two haircuts a month, you may have one haircut a month. Uh, you may have something special going on, and you get three haircuts a month it It, it, it all depends right. but you know you 're going back to the same barber uh dry cleaning you know I go to the same dry cleaner, some months I have twelve shirts, some months I have three shirts it's uh, it it all depends but they know they can count on me. They just don't know how much they can count on me. And that's how most people do set up their businesses. You know, they do have clients who do return on a as-needed basis, and that's another way to run your business. So those would be the three different ways
0: I would look at
1: recurring income
0: models. I like that a lot. Um, just for our listeners to understand, because there's a very important concept that you were touching on there just a moment ago, uh, can you explain the difference between – a recurring income business and a transaction business. Great point.
1: Uh, I'm, I'm glad you're, you're my good editor here and uh, bring me back to uh, to, to, to ground level because sometimes I might speak uh, for people who have more knowledge than I think. So you know, let's make this accessible for everyone. Okay, recurring income means you have their credit card and you're charging their card every single month or every quarter or every agreed upon period. Uh, so I have a scheduling program, for example, that. Uh, uh, that uh, that I that I subscribe to. It's it's an online service. It's nine dollars a month. Every month they hit my PayPal account and take out another nine dollars, and it's good. So that may be another example, like my shopping cart. It's good to have. I'm probably going to use it forever. Uh, and this guy's going to get nine dollars a month from me, and there are some all sorts of upgrades along the way for it. And if, you know, for nine dollars more, they'll do a few more things. And if you're a company, and then it's thirty-nine dollars. So that's the recurring income. It's frictionless, as we say. That's another word you want to, might, might want to write down: friction. It takes you know, you, you're, you're, it's like when you're ice skating. You know you're ice skating, you're just gliding along. it's very little effort uh as opposed to snowshoeing, where every step you take is you have to lift your foot up and put it down and uh, it sinks a little bit, and you got to pick it up again and uh, move the other foot and I realize people in Miami are saying, "What the heck is he talking about? uh imagine you're running on the beach." <laughs> <laughs> and you're, uh, you, you, you take a, a foot in the sand and you sink down, and you take another foot up and you sink down, and it's a slower process than if you were running on a track. That's friction. So the less friction you have in your business, the easier life is with you, the easier your life will have. So in other words, if you're a coach and you're spending an hour on the phone with a new client, that's great. It's, it's, you're helping them. They feel fulfilled. You feel fulfilled. But it's an hour of your life. That's a lot of friction. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but imagine if you had ten people in a membership group paying you the same amount of money, all reading the same articles, listening to the same teleseminars and scripts and uh, and, uh uh, uh, other content that you have, you're not do- you're doing the work once, you're getting paid many, many, many times, much less friction. We should all work to have less friction in our business, but some businesses must have friction, and, and that's fine. Uh, but just, again, realize that as a differentiating point in your business models. Do you want to have friction, or do you not want to have friction? I know coaches who love to do one-on-one coaching. I know coaches who've burnt out of one-on-one, and they only want to do group coaching. Uh, I know people do group coaching to say, yeah, but I want to really interact with my clients and get down on the nitty-gritty and help each person individually. So there's no right or wrong. It's it's a world of many answers, all of which are correct. What's correct for you? So what is a transaction? That was the second part of your question. A transaction is a client who comes in the door, uh, pays you your money, you do the service, they leave, and... You don't know their name or where they live or you have any great knowledge of of their personality, nor they you. So an example of this is I have clients who sign up for PR leads, and I offer all sorts of training and consulting for free. You know, they can send me their their responses to reporters, and I'm happy to critique those responses and help them do better. Uh, I do phone training for my clients twice a week. For free, all they have to do is call into a conference line number, and I'll answer their questions and guide them along the way. And there are some people who who take advantage of this, and we get to know each other on a real granular level. You know, I know lots of things about them. My personality comes through, so they, they feel more comfortable with me. And yet there are people who don't take advantage of those services. They don't come to the phone seminars. They don't send me their responses for review and they bomb out of the service after a month and they say, you know, this didn't work for me And I'm saying, Well, you know, okay, you know, I was there if you wanted me, but, you know, you didn't want me, you didn't extend the effort, uh, you're gone. Uh and I don't know anything more about them and they don't know anything more about me. So that's more of a transaction. So in the real world, you go into the Foot Locker, you look for a pair of Reeboks because you like Reeboks, you like New Balance, you know your shoe size, you say, I need a size 10, I want it in yellow, Uh, give me one that costs less than $125, and I'm out of here. You don't know the salesman's name, they don't know about you, they're on to their next transaction, you're on to your next transaction. So it's much more informal. It's a standard part of of business life, so there's no right or wrong to it. But what we all want to do in life is create customers for life. And I know you're going to ask me about that later on, so I won't go into it here. But the holy grail of business is to develop a relationship with a customer so that they want to do business with you to the to the exclusion of anyone else forever. And uh, what would an example of that be? My dentist. I love my dentist. Most people are afraid of dentists. Mm. I love my dentist. He's great. He helped me out a lot. Uh, I just can't say enough about him. I would never, ever, ever in a million years go to another dentist. I think you'd have to retire first before I would go to another dentist. So we have more than a transaction relationship. Even though I only see him twice a year for my teeth cleaning, same with my teeth cleaning lady. She's she's great. We chat all the time, even though my mouth is open. Uh, So (laughs) these are just wonderful people. I would never go anywhere else. They have a customer for life. So while the rest of the dentists are going belly up or wondering about their cash flow, they know they can count on me twice a year to get my teeth cleaned and if god forbid something else goes wrong in my mouth i would go to them immediately i would not use one of these coupons that i get in the mail for some new dentist who has degrees but you know i like my dentist so that's what you want a customer for life you want to create those customers for
0: life exactly exactly and you made another point Earlier on, about people coming to you all the time saying, I have this new membership program, I have this new membership site. And I'll tell you, if I had a dollar for every coach or trainer out there who's telling their clients, the people who follow them, to build a recurring income business, build a membership site, I mean, hey, there are programs that teach you how to build a membership model that are a dime a dozen. Now, I see most people's attempts to build recurring revenue businesses sizzle out and die. So, what does one need to do to really be successful? with a continuous income or a recurring income model. Again, I see so many of them go out and die. What are they missing that you're getting?
1: Wow. Uh, that's almost a seminar unto itself. Um, if we're talking about members, are you are you talking about membership sites themselves or businesses in general? Help me understand your question a little bit more.
0: just I'm just talking about uh I'm talking about any key concepts that make any business a success in a recurring income business.
1: Okay. Um number 1 you really have to understand the lifetime value of, of, a, of a customer. Uh, and we just touched on that, but that really is key. I mean, What can you do to keep this person coming back time and time again to your membership site? We said before that the average person bombs out after six months. I know one guy who has a, a membership site for uh, music fans. Uh, I think he teaches them how to play the piano. And he's created a system where people accrue Membership dollars; these aren't real dollar money. It's just like they're they're they're, they're fake money. Uh, but every month you accrue a certain number of dollars, and you can use those dollars to buy stuff from his store. And his store is all digital, so it doesn't really cost him anything. Um, sure. And you can start accruing enough of these points after the sixth month. So up till month one to five, you're just accruing points, but you don't have enough points to buy anything. After the sixth month, you now have enough points to buy some things. And they might be, they're probably good things, but they're a lower priced, sort of nice nice to have. But maybe there's something that you really want that has real high value that you can only buy with these points after the eighth month or the ninth month. So I thought that was the most ingenious way to keep people going on
0: and (laughs) staying
1: with the membership program. Uh, month after month, you know, long after they might otherwise would have dropped off. So that's a great incentive for a membership program because, you know, as content providers, we think we're, always creating great content. You know, you're interviewing me this month, you interviewed Jim Palmer last month or last week. You have a lot of great people on the show, as do many other membership sites. So you're always in the business of creating great content and adding great value, which is the the second key point here. You always want to keep it fresh for your recurring uh, clients because if they come back, Month after month, and there's nothing new, and then there's no reason for them to stay. I mean, I'm a member of a guitar playing group called a JamPlay.com. It's a membership site, and they have uh, instruction on how to play the guitar, and they have videos, and they have the the the, the music, uh, you know, the, the the score that you can download. And I, I I thought it was a really good site, and but I stopped using their service after a few months because I went from the guitar to Back to the piano. Then I went from the piano to the ukulele. and went to the ukulele to the banjo. And then three years later, I'm back to the guitar. And fortunately, Jam Play keeps on sending me these incentives to join their service again. So I feel like, let me check them out. So in the year or two that I had not been a member, I couldn't believe how much more content they added. So three years ago, they might have had four different... Style, you know, bluegrass and country and rock and uh, heavy metal. Now they have classical. They have Hawaiian slap key. They have, you know, 20 different kinds of playing guitar that I never even heard of. They have thousands of videos now. And it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger as they explore the needs of their audience. So this is the other key point. Always look for what your audience Wants, not what you want to create, but what your audience is asking for. Uh, in fact, let me tell you that this leads into another story I have. Uh, when I started my PR Leads business, I needed to uh, train my clients on how to do publicity. So I created teleseminars. Now, when I started this business more than 10 years ago, teleseminar lines were totally, totally different. Realm than they are today. They were expensive. They were not free. And I bit the bullet and said, I will pay for a teleseminar line, which costs several hundred dollars a month, uh, just so I could train my clients. So for some of my clients or some services, it was free. You know, you have to know this stuff. And then I would have paid teleseminars when I would interview people like you, where, you know, adding extra value. And uh, I was making a fair amount of money doing that. And then one day, one of my clients came up to me and said, "Hey Dan, I want you to do. I want to do what you're doing here." Uh, and I said, "Dick Dave, uh, I don't understand your question. You, know, you do. You train car salespeople. You know my clients don't want to hear about car salespeople. You know I thought he wanted to be a guest on my show." And he said, "No, no, no. You have it all wrong. I want to train my clients the way you're training your clients. You know the technology, and I don't. So what would I have to pay you?" In order for you to produce teleseminars for me, for my clients. And I thought, gee, that, that's kind of interesting. And here's an important point here. I want to step back here. Here's an important point. I could have said, thanks, Dave, but I'm in the PR business. I'm not in the teleseminar business. Go find someone else. But I didn't. And I'm smart enough to realize that when the marketplace says, can you do this, then you should sit back and say, hmm. Let's see if it makes sense to do that. So I thought to myself, well, it takes about an hour to uh, every teleseminar is an hour. You have to be there about 10 minutes before to do a sound check. You've got to stay for another 10, 15, 20 minutes to capture the recording, do some editing, copy it to CDs, copy it to cassettes — this is back in the cassette days uh, — and send it off to duplicators and, you, know, right, and, and, and do the invoice. I so figured it'd be about two hours. So I, I told them what my two-hour rate was. And he said, "That's fine because uh, I have 30 clients, and they're going pay me $200 for two teleseminars a month. So I'm going to make $6,000, and I'll give you, you know, five, six hundred dollars for for your work. We'll both be happy, and we were. And that was the start of uh, one of my businesses that became a six-figure business within about 13 months." and stayed a six figure business with pretty high profit margins for about eight years until free services came along and, you know, people said, free? I'm gonna do free. And I don't care I don't need that editing. You know, I don't care if I sneeze, <laughs> you know, I don't care if I <laughs> screw up my, my my guest's name. Uh well doesn't matter. It's free. So the uh, That that, that's another business story for you as well. In short, no business stays in business forever. I mean, the guys who invented buggy whips are out of business. The guys who invented catalytic converters are probably out of business, too, uh, as car engines get smarter and smarter. So no matter what business you start, it's probably going to have an end date at some point because someone's going to come along who does it faster, cheaper, maybe not even better. But uh, the market moves on. Anyway, to, to close out the teleseminar story, story, or to repeat a key point, if I had thought I was just in the PR business, I would have turned my back on several hundred thousand dollars. And that just would have been nuts. But it, 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 I'm sure people on the call have, been, have done that without realizing it because there's a classic story. A um, guy owns a candy store. Someone comes in and says, do you have ice cream? The guy says no. No, someone else comes in, hot day, says, do you have ice cream? guy says no. Someone else comes in, do you have ice cream? Fine, the guy, the guy makes a decision point. What do you think he said? He takes out a sign, writes on the sign, and says, we don't have ice cream, puts it on the front door. Now, I'm sure people listening on the call would say, what an idiot, he should have sold ice cream. Well, that's what happens to a lot of us. We just get locked into our own little boxes, and we say, I only do X. And they turn their backs on lots of other opportunities. I mean, you may be a business coach or a life coach, and you say, well, I don't do publicity. They can say, but Dan does, or uh, I don't sell shopping carts. I'm not going to recommend shopping carts. Well, why not? You could get referral income for that. So just because you have one line of business, don't close your thoughts off to creating relationships and joint ventures with other people who have other businesses that are complementary that can help your clients make money for example i'm an affiliate for audio acrobat and i have been for oh maybe 10 years now maybe even longer and back then it was really hard to get recordings and that's what they do they do recordings they do teleseminars you know and uh people wanted audio on their website audio acrobat could do that so i became an affiliate and people signed up through me and i get about six dollars a month from all these clients well over the years there were maybe 30 or 40 clients it was about four or five hundred dollars and well i take it back to two three hundred dollars a month and here it is ten years later and it's still generating a couple hundred dollars a month you know once it's on people's websites you just can't take it off or rather You don't want to take it off. So it becomes that recurring model again. And is this frictionless? Totally. People sign up. Audio Acrobat provides the service. It's just like one shopping cart provides the service. I don't get my hands dirty. I don't answer technical support calls. I don't do the billing. I just cash the checks. So I don't have to be an expert on shopping carts or audio systems or anything, but they are complementary to my business and my clients need them so we all make money. And I invite anyone listening on the call if they want to resell some of my services, send me an email and we'll talk. So thank you.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So um can you tell us a little bit more about the mindset and philosophy? We were talking about uh you know many of the uh the key concepts but you know something about the mindset and the philosophy needs to build a continuous income business, uh, things like the key concepts of like money management and timelines and things like that. Can you show us a little bit about that?
1: Sure. Again, this could be uh, a, a conversation that goes on for an hour as well. Um, right. But uh, I, I saw an interesting quote on one of the LinkedIn groups that I belong to this morning. And it said, the glass is half full. Is that a good concept or a bad concept? And I thought to myself, you know, a few people had written in, and they said, oh, people who have uh, the glasses half full or always want to fill it up. I thought, okay, that sort of makes sense. But I thought to myself, you know, let's get real. That kind of philosophy, um, you know, it, it, there's, there's strengths and, 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 and there are limitations. Um, when I see the glass half full story, it's like I'm happy because I only need half a glass, you know. I don't have to own an island in the Philippines uh, like Richard Branson in order to be happy. You know, good for him. But I don't need to kill myself to make a billion dollars so I can buy an island 4,000 miles away from me. I can drive – well, I, can, um, I live on a lake. Uh, <laughs> I have a condo in San Diego overlooking the ocean. You know, I'm doing okay. Um, I have enough. I'm happy. And, you know, most people don't understand that concept. They constantly think they have to more and more and more and better. If they have the Mercedes, that's not enough. They need the Jaguar. If they have the Jaguar, that's not enough. They have to have the Bentley. If they own the Bentley, you know, you have to have the, you know, whatever is beyond a Bentley. And you know, hey, if you're wired like that, you're hey. wired like that. I can't change your wiring, but I can change your expectations, um, or I should ask you to look at your expectations. What do you really need? Uh, and it's a number. That's all it is. It's a number. You have, to, you have kids, they need to send your kids to college. You, have a, you need basic transportation, whatever. Um, but uh, you, you just have to get clear about what that number is, how much money do you need to live on to exist, just to basically exist, you know, pay the rent, pay the mortgage, pay your insurance. Uh, that's existing. And then there are levels up there. You know, you want to go out for entertainment. You want to buy some clothes. Uh, uh, you want to buy your kids some toys. You want to go out to a restaurant once or twice. You know, that's a that's a different level. And then there are other levels beyond that. You know, do you want designer clothes? You know, do you want to send your kids to a top tier private school college? Do you want to save for your retirement? Those are just numbers. And once you realize that they're numbers, you can put that down on a paper and work toward that number. And thanks to Ben Franklin and the value of compound interest and stuff, the more money you put away over time, you will eventually reach that number so you have realistic goals. You know, I attended a Tony Robbins seminar back in 1991, maybe more than 20 years ago, and that's where this, where I learned this concept. So I'm not some crazy guy thinking about this. I learned it from Tony, who's you <laughs> know, been pretty successful and has, and has trained a lot of successful people. And, and the basic idea is that most people have extremely unrealistic ideas about how much money they need. In fact, back then, uh, he went around the room and said, how much money do you think you need to be successful? And people said, a million. Someone said, three million. Someone said, 30 million. He wanted to buy the Denver Broncos. So you know, he had pretty high goals. Uh, but most people thought like a million or $3 million. So if they made $3 million a year, they'd be happy. They'd, they'd be content. And then he had us do an exercise, and I urge you to do this exercise. Write down all the things you want. You know, um, It could be uh, you own your own house. Maybe you own a second house. Maybe you own a car. Maybe you own a luxury car. Maybe you want to send your kids to college. Maybe it's a private college. You know, Write down your entire wish list of everything you want. And then go through that list and put a dollar amount next to it and see how much does it really cost. And then put down how much would it cost each month to pay for that. You know, how much money do you have to pay for insurance or rent or food or clothes or whatever? And work out all those numbers. And maybe you don't need to have a kid's college uh, today. You know, that's something you don't have kids yet. You know, But 20 years from now, you do. Right. So you put a timeline there. And maybe you want a, you want a second house, you want a beach house, but you don't need it today. It's you know, five years from now, ten years from now. Maybe that's when you want it. So work it out as a timeline there. Maybe you want everything tomorrow. You know, that's okay, too. But just put the numbers down. Add those numbers up. You will be surprised at how little that number is in relation to a million dollars. Most people think they need a million dollars. Most people can't spend a million dollars. Well, that's a writer downer. I just thought about that. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. We all and hey, I want a million dollars too. Uh, and I have had years where so I've made a million dollars. It's 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 pretty interesting. But you know. Uh, you got to pay your vendors. You got to pay uh, Uncle Sam. <laughs> you, you, you don't leave with a million <laughs> dollars, but you you, you you still leave with a lot of money, which is actually pretty cool. Um, but again, you'd be surprised at how little money it takes to have a very very good lifestyle. So I call that managing expectations. So it's important for you to manage your financial expectations. It's also important for you to manage your clients' expectations. And whenever I sign up a client or talk to a prospect, I always talk about managing their expectations, because if they think they're going to get go on the front page of the New York Times in 24 hours and sell 10,000 copies of a book, I'm sorry, it ain't going to happen. In fact, another LinkedIn group that I belong to, uh, I'm sorry, I spent a lot of time on LinkedIn, uh, another group, this guy uh-huh. in one of the marketing sessions says, you know, I always know when a client or a prospect is headed for disaster, when they give me this scenario, they're making $5,000 a month, they want to bring it up to uh $50,000 a month, they have a budget of $1,000 a month to spend on marketing because that's what their Amex uh, card maxes out to. It's like, it ain't going to happen. You know, you have to set realistic goals. Uh, and if you don't, then you're going to be sorely disappointed. And if you don't manage your client's expectations, they're going to be sorely disappointed. So I'd rather under-promise and over-deliver than the exact opposite. And I think too many people in online marketing – over promise and under deliver, and that's why I get phone calls like from people saying, Jay, I just spent thirty thousand dollars on you know fill in the blank a PR firm, an advertising firm, uh, you know Facebook ads, and I got nothing for it." What can you do for me? I'm broke. I say, "Well, if you're broke, I can't do anything for you. Sorry." You know, right. uh, Talk to me before you before you bought some thirty thousand dollar dream uh, from someone who is now uh, living on an island in uh, the Caribbean with your money until he scams someone else. So. Uh, just be extremely realistic about your time and your money. It does take time to start a business. This, this stuff doesn't happen overnight, regardless of what these Internet marketers uh, say. It, it takes a lot of time. But the beauty of time is that it all adds up. So um, there, 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 there are business models or uh, process visuals, little charts that show that most businesses if you look at a graph on a timeline with the dollars going up one side and time going along the uh, the bottom side, the further you go out, it goes you know it's it's flat, it goes up a little bit, it goes up a little bit more, it goes up a little bit more they're on the third, fourth, fifth year, it starts to look like a hockey stick and just sort of like boom it it grows up and to me that's what happened with p r leads it, I had you know a certain number of clients the first couple of years, and it was nice and it was growing, but it certainly wasn't my main source of income but it was nice uh and then it just took off and why did it take off well i would like to say i'm the world's best marketer but i'm not it took off because it was a damn good product it was a damn good service and people told their friends so those are the two concepts i want to go back to you said what are the key concepts one have a great product or service and it will sell itself so people told that people would say Oh, I got to the New York Times. Oh, how do you do that? Oh, I have Dan Janelle's PR Leads. Oh, what what's that all about? Who's he? What what's PR Leads? How can I get it? And people tell their friends in their mastermind groups because people talk. Let me tell you, on the internet right. everyone knows everyone. It is just amazing who 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 who's best friends or who's a sister in law to somebody. it just it's a totally interconnected universe. So people tell their friends whether they like a movie, whether they like a pizza place, whether they like a restaurant, whether they like staying in a hotel, uh, on and on and on. So they, they tell people if they like your service too, and people tell their friends. And that's when my life changed, because I go to my mailbox in the morning, I'd see three new orders, and I didn't talk to any of these people. And i say, how did you hear about us? You know, the little refer box in on the sign-up form and say, oh, so-and-so. Well, so-and-so is an existing client, or so-and-so heard me speak at a conference, or so-and-so read my articles online. So by doing that kind of marketing, writing, speaking, creating content, being out there, uh, helping people, uh, word got out. And when people started signing up a year or two later, they didn't put down people's names anymore. They said, I see you everywhere, or I've known about you for a long time, and now my book is ready, so I want to get publicity, uh, or three of my friends recommended you. That's when you know you have a solid business, and that's when you're creating customers for life. That's when you're creating recurring income that really makes sense because people are really committed at that point.
0: Exactly, exactly. I I love that. Now, I have a question that I think a lot of our listeners probably didn't see coming. How many of your businesses did you build from scratch?
1: You know, Adam, when I saw that message, I was originally offended
0: <laughs> okay. I built
1: all my businesses from scratch. And then I realized what you were getting at. You know, I have the PR leads business, I have the shopping cart business, I have the teleseminar business. And they're really business models because for the PR leads, I'm really reselling someone else's service. You know, someone else is actually contacting the reporters, getting the queries from them, processing the queries, editing the queries, and sending them out to my clients. I'm just basically reselling, and that's okay. I am a reseller for that business model. For the teleseminars, I get new clients. My clients are doing teleseminars every month, uh, and they are just locked in because they want to do it. So I cobbled together the audio recording, I cobbled together the editing and the distribution and the disc duplication and such like that. So I added value, and I and I also added value to the PR leads where I didn't just resell it. I was training my clients on how to do publicity. And frankly, all my other competitors now, none of them do any kind of training or support. They just basically send out the leads and say, here they are, you're on your own. So if you don't have a clue or if you're answering incorrectly, you don't know. (laughs)
0: know? Uh, But with
1: me, you get the hands-on holding and training and support. So it's a value-added reseller. Uh, We also sell media lists uh, and and do other things. So uh, I have a number of different business models and so I said I was originally offended by your question, and then I realized, no, this is actually a learning point. I didn't have to create the product or service. This is an important point. This is, this is a distinction I'm glad you helped me realize and point out, that you don't have to, you being Mr. and Mrs. Listener out there, um, you don't have to create the world's greatest mousetrap, or, or pull your hair out saying, gee, I need to create a better mousetrap if the world is going to be the path to my door, where but I'm not a creative person. I can't think of a better mousetrap. I'm sunk. Not necessarily the case. You can resell someone else's mousetrap and add your own flair to it if you want to. I mean, for the, the shopping cart, I add no special flair. It is their service I just happen to know people or people come into my universe who need a shopping cart, and bingo, they're there. Uh, For my press release company, I have yet to see a press release that I cannot make better. (laughs) So I'm always adding value and saying, hey, have you thought about this? Hey, I think you buried the lead. Hey, how about putting a link here? Hey, I think you might want to use this as a keyword instead of what you're doing as a keyword. Or, hey, you, you might want to send this out on a Tuesday instead of a Sunday because no one's looking for newspaper articles and press releases on a Sunday, and on and on. So... Sometimes you add value. Sometimes you add a lot of added value. Sometimes you don't need to add value. You just need to find a market. So think about that. You may want to sell sewing patterns online that someone, someone else has created, but you are influential in the sewing community. So you don't need to create your own product. You need to find a market that wants a product or a service, get in front of them, and make them an attractive offer and uh, hold their hand as much as you think they need to be held. So I think... That's an important uh, concept, and I'm really glad that you opened up my eyes uh, to understand that differentiation. I think another point that you might want to underline is that business is all about understanding key points and key differentiations. And I think anyone who read the Bible would agree. Every time you read the Bible, you read something differently. You know, you get something else out of it um uh, and uh you may not have gotten to that point unless you read that same passage 30 times over the past 30 years and in the 31st year you say oh my gosh that's what they really mean or it comes at you at a different point in your life when you say aha uh-huh, now that I'm a parent I understand this concept. And as a business person, you may find the same thing. You may go back and read a white paper or a special report or a book that you read 20 years ago or five years ago and say, you know, now I understand it differently because my business is in a different place, my cash flow is in a different place, my head is in a different place, the world is in a different place. So reread some of these key things. I know people who read uh, 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 Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich, every year. I know people who read Positioning by Reese and Trout every year, and they just see it because they're in a different place every year, and they they get different concepts, and they learn differently or see things differently. So you might want to listen to this tape several times over the next couple of years and see what more you can learn from it.
0: That's why we have it on iTunes. You can go back and listen to it anytime. So, Dan, i got to tell you, you've given us so much incredible information here, and we have about uh, five minutes left. Uh, there's one more thing I was hoping to bring out here, and you mentioned this several times, uh, this thing called LVC, or Lifetime Value of a Customer. Now, why is Lifetime Value of a Customer so particularly important for a continuous income business, and how do you get a handle on figuring out the Lifetime Value of your Customer?
1: Great questions. I'm not going to repeat everything I said before because it's on the tape already. We will, but sure. uh, in summary, you want lifetime value customers because they appreciate you, they, they, they renew every, every time, they buy new products from you, and that's really uh, where we'll go here. Once you have the, someone's trust, you can, they, they want to buy more s- products and services from you. So they may come into you with publicity, and then they become a coaching client, and then they become a joint venture partner, or they come to your seminars. So if you look at the funnel model of business, you know, they come in as a free report or a white paper or your newsletter. Then they sign up for a $7 transcript, and they sign up for a $25 seminar. Then they sign up for a $95 uh uh, event that you're holding in their town, and they then they come to a $995 uh, boot camp that you have, then they come, sign up for a, a several thousand dollar personal training and coaching and consulting, and then, you know, on and on. You know, everyone has a different business model, but you've all seen variations of that. That's what we call the lifetime value of the customer. Now, it obviously makes sense because you're making more money from them, uh, And we all know that it's easier to sell something to someone you already have a relationship with than to find a new customer. So I'm not rewriting the rule books there. Everyone knows that. Uh, But here's the unwritten part of it. If you do your business right, and it may just be me, but my lifetime clients are actually friends. And I'm not sure that many people in many industries can say that. I mean, if I buy a new car... I might have had a great experience with uh, that car salesperson several years ago when I bought the car, but you know, three months later they're not there anymore. <laughs> you know, and they may go to another car dealership, but they're not even contacting me and saying, "Hey, you know, everyone changes cars every three years. it's been three years. Do you want to change your car?' I'm like, "No, I love my car I'm going to drive it forever." Uh, but they're not even calling that, so it's crazy that people don't do that. but I have clients who've been clients of mine for many years, we see each other at trade shows and conferences and speakers associations, and they, they comment on my newsletter articles and on and on. These people are friends. And I don't mean they're friends like they'll be at your funeral, and I don't mean they're friends at your birthday party. You know what I mean? Even they're not friends like on Facebook friends. But there's a, a personal level of, of familiarity, trust, uh, and warmth that you just don't get in the real world. Uh that's the difference between transaction clients and lifetime value clients. It's like, hey, you've you I've been a client of yours for eight years. We are friends. You had Jim Palmer on your show last week. We are business friends. He's a good guy. I trust him. He trusts me. We do business together. We see each other at trade shows. We slap each other on the back. We tell each other personal stories uh not to be repeated. Uh, <laughs> you know, because we're <laughs> friends. Um W- 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 would you do that with the guy who sold you uh, you know your, your sneakers at, at footlocker? Probably not. But if you are the world's greatest footlocker salesperson it- who's there time after time, and you say, "I, well, I want to speak with him, I want him as my person," then it becomes a different thing. When I go to my dentist, my dentist pops in, he always asks me a couple of personal questions. Well, I know he's asking the same personal questions to everyone else, and they're not intrusive questions like, what's new? It's like, hey, he's interested in me. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, hey, how about those twins? Oh, blah, blah, blah. We talk about baseball. So, uh, and then before you know it, he has hands all over my tongue. So I'll never go to another dentist. That's the kind of relationship you want with your clients. It's not going to happen 100% of the time. Again, man, let's manage expectations. But when it does... There's a level of warmth, and frankly, I haven't seen that word used at all in internet marketing. It's warmth. We've all seen friends, and we all wonder how the, are are people on Facebook really our friends? Are they, they used to be all business colleagues. But warmth, I'm going to use that word now. There's a level of warmth that exists between people who do business together, who trust each other, who like each other, and want to hang out with each other at conferences. So, uh, and that's, that's a great personal, feeling that you get inside beyond the money, it's like, hey, I'm helping people, I'm making a difference, they like me, they trust me, life is good. And I wish all of you to have businesses that run that way and that create those kinds of feelings for you.
0: Okay. Awesome, Dan. Awesome, awesome. All right. All right. 30 seconds. Tell our listeners real quickly how they can get a hold of you if they want to learn more about this.
1: Sure. Go to prleadsplus.com, and that's sort of the umbrella page for all my publicity services uh, and my coaching services. I love to coach and consult one-on-one with people and help people walk, walk through and get clear on how to do this or just how to get clear on how to structure their business and such like that. My rates are pretty reasonable compared to most other online marketers, so go to prleadsplus.com. Read about me there. And uh, if it's worth a conversation to get started, I'm happy to have a conversation. So thank you very much for having me.
0: Dan Janelle, the king of continuous income. I want to thank you so much for being on our show today. I know I've learned a ton, and as our listeners know, not only am I the host of these episodes, but I'm also a student right along with our listeners taking notes you've certainly given me a few things to think about with my own business as well so for everybody else listening this is adam homie host of the business creators radio show be sure to check us out at business creators and also be sure to look us up on itunes just do a search for business creators radio show every five star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us spread the message thanks again everybody for listening till next time take care see ya